Hi there, Chris Glynn here once more with the Nightlight Podcast. And this is going to be the second part of Melvin Vallon-Parambul's class, Walking in the Advanced Technology of the Science of the Kingdom of God. So I'm continuing to teach on the science of the Kingdom of God from my last class. And so in this class, we're going to cover uh, some more of the workings of the Kingdom of God and how it works including how the law of faith works when we believe. We are going to be looking at these things as a law of faith or the laws of the spirit world. Now, just like we know, if you plant a seed and if if you water it and it has enough sunlight, it will grow into a plant or a tree. God already ordained that for the natural world. Right. Uh, Human beings, animals. Uh, even plants like flowers, all of that they reproduce. And that law is already here. So it's not that God every time is producing a, a new flower or a new plant. Right. Whatever God did when he created the heaven and the earth, that law is still running through the whole creation. Human beings are having children, animals are having offsprings, all of that. Yes. Now, because we live in a fallen world, that can affect even the laws of God, because that can affect plants or trees or even animals. Right. But generally the law works. As a child of God, we are no more limited to that law. We are not limited to it. We should be operating in the signs or the laws of the kingdom of God and of faith. See, that's why I taught the class. The reason I went to the miracles is to show us that each and every of those miracles was not of this world. The axe floating on the water. We don't have the technology yet, do we? No. No, the iron sinks in water. And then we went and saw how Jesus walked on the water. So Jesus did something similar to that in the Old Testament that we read in Second Kings 6. Yes. That is the science of the kingdom of God. It's operating on earth. Then we talked about Joshua stopping the sun. He commanded the sun and the moon to stop. And it stood for a whole day. See, it's not just God doing a miracle. Of course, as Christians, we talk about it as a miracle because it's it's not natural. And that's why we call it a miracle, because it's not natural. Right. So everything that we are covering here, we are going into deeply to understand the signs of the the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus said, I'm teaching you the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And as you learn these mysteries, now you start operating in the knowledge and in the signs of how the kingdom of God manifests on the earth through you. See, because Jesus was not just telling the disciples to think like a miracle, because the disciples knew the Old Testament, they had miracles. Yes. So it is not just like a miracle, because we just look at a miracle, oh, it's a miracle. So if God wants to do a miracle, he can do it. No, no, this is not about God doing a miracle. This is about us walking in the laws of the kingdom of God, so we walk and do things that are supernatural. So that class was not just to show us some miracles from the Old Testament. It was to get us into a state of where we can operate in it. Now, let's look at this verse that Jesus was talking about in Mark chapter 6. That's, the idea is for us to look at it from that point of view. Yeah, look at verse 51. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased. And they were so amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. You see that? Right? They were in the ship, and verse 49 says, But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked to them and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. So here their, their hearts were hardened, because they did not think of the miracle that Jesus just did. They started walking and awing like, whoa, Jesus walked on water and came into the ship. That is what a lot of us Christians do. We look at a miracle as something that, oh, so Jesus saying, of course, there's another verse in Mark 8, uh, verse 17 onwards. Jesus said that, why is your heart hardened? Why didn't you consider the fishes and the loaves? What Jesus was teaching us is that, We need to move away from this thing that God is going to do a miracle and we need to start walking in it to where it becomes a daily life. It's not that you're begging God to do a miracle, but you know you have the power. You know you have the authority. You know when you command something, 
it will come to pass. Yes. We know that whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So it's us, just like Jesus walked in a natural world, but in the laws of the kingdom of God or the signs of the kingdom of God. That's exactly what Jesus is wanting us to get our mind renewed to. Right. So we are not saying, oh yeah, God can do all things. Everybody knows God can do all things. But the New Testament is that all things are possible to him that believe it. See, it's not that God is going to do all things. He already decreed it. He already said, I already given you all of these things. I gave you the name of Jesus. Now you command things to happen following the signs of the kingdom of God or the laws of the kingdom of God. See, otherwise our hearts are going to be hardened. Now that doesn't mean your heart is hardened against God, but we just think, oh, we are going to wait for God to do a miracle. When Jesus said, you command, and whatever you bind, it's done in heaven. Now, do you know that the Old Testament prophets walked more in this knowledge uh, than we as God's children are walking today, even though we have the Holy Spirit living in us and we have the name of Jesus Christ given to us legally that we can use. We have this authority, we have this power, not just delegated authority, but authority that is that abides with us forever. So we should be walking more in the manifestation of the signs of the kingdom of God than those prophets in the Old Testament. Wow. Let's go to Second Kings chapter 2 and verse 23. Of course, this is talking about Elisha and he was going up to Bethel. And let's read verse 23. And he went up from thence unto Bethel. And as he was going up by the way, there came forth little children out of the city and mocked him and said unto him, Go up, thou bald head, go up, thou bald head. And he turned back and looked on them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. And there came forth two she-bears out of the wood and tear forty and two children of them. Now, a lot of pastors and teachers will not touch on this, this verse because it's hard to explain what is, what's happening here. Now, look at the signs of the kingdom of God. You don't see here Elisha praying and asking God what he should do, any of those things. It's true. He just turns around and puts this principle into practice. In the name of the Lord, he just cursed the children. Of course, the word children doesn't really mean little children. It can also mean teenagers or youth. That's important to know. So, the natural world, the bears came out and tore 42 of them. And then Elisha went off on his way. See, they walked more in the knowledge of how this works than we as Christians do, as God's children do today. I'm not saying that we need to discuss children or hurt people that way, but it just shows how the signs of the kingdom works through faith. Now, Jesus himself, he told the fig tree to dry up, right? I mean, he told the fig tree, henceforth, no man shall eat fruit thereof. The next day, it dried up from the root. And Peter, the next day when he saw it, he said, Lord, look, the fig tree that you cursed have dried up from the roots. Peter used the word curse. Inspiring you to dig deeper into God's word. You're listening to Nightlight. Okay, let's look at Second Kings chapter 20 and verse 9. And Isaiah said, This sign shalt thou have of the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he hath spoken. Shall the shadow go forward ten degrees, or go back ten degrees? And Hezekiah answered, It is a light thing for the shadow to go down ten degrees. Nay, but let the shadow return backward ten degrees. And Isaiah the prophet cried unto the Lord, and he brought the shadow ten degrees backward, by which it had gone down in the dial of Ahaz. You know, in the olden days, they would measure time or know by putting a stick or something, right? like a dial, right? Right. According to the shadow, they would measure and they knew what time it was. Here he's talking about when the dial, the shadow goes forward, means he's saying like, oh yeah, you know, that can happen, but 
they went for the impossible here and it said let the shadow go down 10 degrees but yes. let the shadow return back 10 degrees that means go back now that is even more impossible right right because the sun has to go back in order for that to happen now do you see here joshua commanded the sun to stop and the moon he did and it stopped now here isaiah prayed and exactly the same thing happened but this was for a short time whereas for joshua it was a whole day when the lord showed me this this class i started realizing that my faith is starting to be more active in my soul in my daily life more because now i'm not just looking at god to do a miracle we are learning to walk into the mysteries of the kingdom of god wow things that we don't understand because our carnal mind is so occupied with the natural laws you know somebody says oh this alien came down and he gave us this technology look this works this way like i said in the last class most christians will believe the alien technology but they don't want to believe what god's word is telling us here right so it's not something that we are hoping that god might do but it's something that we are entering into amen on a daily basis like of course at this moment it might be a bit overwhelming for us to think oh yeah how can i stop the sun or how can i make an axe float or how can i part the jordan river yeah well it's not us parting it from our soulish realm it is god doing it but god already said yes he said you step out by faith and you command it and you believe it and don't doubt and it will come to pass but see in order to do that we got to be persuaded then we need to embrace this technology of kingdom of god or the science or the laws of the kingdom of god and then we need to embrace it and meditate on it and then we start commanding it or we start confessing it now look at judges 16 verse 3 and this is samson right and samson lay till midnight and rose at midnight and took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and went away with them bar and all and put them upon his shoulders and carried them up to the top of an hill that is before hebron this is samson now today we have people shooting all kinds of hormones in order to get more strength or sometimes you know even take drugs that help them to run faster you know there's so many people in sports that were you know disqualified even after they played a game or something because they found traces of drugs that makes them run faster or be more energetic or whatever right yes as in soccer in you know in all kinds of sports see that's a technology or the medical advancement humans have learned to come up with making people run faster there is more technology coming for the us soldiers and for us marine to where they don't feel fear or they can run much faster than normal by altering some of the things in their body they're making it where you can wear this uniform and they will be invisible what so all kinds of thing man is coming up with see these are the technologies or the scientific breakthroughs that the world is learning to enjoy now how much more should we be doing see why is god giving us all these different kinds with samson it's not because samson was this huge giant that he did what he just did he carried away the city's gate you know how big that is and how heavy right not just the gate the post everything Gosh. see that's not available on the earth yet no it's not available right to be as strong as that like samson see, for us in the christian community we call it a miracle the class i'm teaching you is to understand that it's not just because it's a miracle that god is doing it in the new testament god already did it and he gave us the signs and said okay go ahead and do exactly as my son did and he said you can do greater works than jesus because jesus has made it possible for us to do it right right that's what happened with paul when he got bitten by a serpent he didn't pray there's nothing about him praying is it that's right he knows that he has in him the power that is going to stop that poison from hurting his body so he just shook it off and he walked away 
went about doing his business. We are seeing a wide variety of things. You know, somebody's leprosy was cleansed to where the skin returned back to like the skin of a child. Right. So it wasn't like he got back his skin really good at the age he was. No, it went back to the skin of a child. Wow. Now, do we have that kind of technology now? So all of these things that we are going through and studying is something is available for us to walk in by faith. Every one of them. Now, Jesus walked in the fullness of the law of the kingdom of God in the fullness He knew it. He knew what the kingdom of God represented while he was on the earth. So he didn't have to ask his father every time, should I heal somebody? Should I walk on water? No, he just knew that if he wanted to walk on water, the kingdom of God would say yes. And the signs of the thing would be operational. So we need to get a mind to where we are like, okay, we have some things like say you have a hairdryer. You know, you already know without a shadow of doubt. Unless it's broken, that if you connect it, you can dry your hair. Yes. See, that's the confidence God wants us to have in this law of the kingdom of God or the law of faith, which is the same thing. What is the law of faith? Is that if you believe what God's word says about you and what you can do and you doubt not in your heart, then you can automatically walk in the law of faith. Do you get that? Yes. It's not coming by we praying and fasting for God to do it. No, God already said all his promises in, in him is an S and name in. That's right. Now, when we read that in uh, Matthew 11, 11, that he's least in the kingdom of God, he's greater than John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was greater than all the prophets. So all the miracles that is recorded in the Old Testament was done by whom? People who were born of women. But he said John was greater. And then it says he that's least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. So we know if you are a child of God and you are born again, you have the same power Jesus has, same authority, same everything, everything. But the devil will stop us because he says, oh, you, you sinned yesterday or you didn't pray enough, you didn't fast enough, you didn't tithe enough, you didn't do all of these things. No, it's already given to us a gift. What we are working on is to get our mind renewed to the truth so that now we walk with the law of faith. So don't look at it as, oh, yeah, we saw the miracles in the Old Testament. Yeah, Samson did that. It's great. No, no, no. It's about us. The same Holy Spirit that helped Samson to do that. It's the same Holy Spirit that is in us. Now, the Holy Spirit wasn't even in Samson. The Holy Spirit was upon Samson. And at one time, the Holy Spirit left him because it's not indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So for us, we are not looking at Samson. No, if there is a time, if you have to walk in that supernatural strength, it's available. Yes. Do you believe that? Yes. Yeah, let's go to Romans chapter 3, verse 27. Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. You see that? The law of faith is not talking about commandments and rules that you got to keep. See, the law of faith is what we are supposed to walk in. The just shall live by faith. That word faith there means now you're going to walk under the law of faith. So you're entering into it and you're using that law to work. Just like we use the law of lift. That is already existing. And that's how aeroplanes fly. The law of lift Because the wingspan of the plane is, is made in such a way that when the plane runs at a certain speed, the air pressure, right, going up and down, will start lifting the wings of the plane and then lifting up the plane. Now, that's how birds fly. You see an eagle soaring or gliding. Yeah, it's all because of the law of lift. And then we have the law of gravity. See, these laws work for man. It's here. So man learned how to use that. By inventing aeroplanes and helicopters. And so he can go against gravity and travel at a higher speed. See, the law of faith is similar, but it's a spiritual law of the kingdom of God. Right. So when you start living by faith, that is when the law of faith that you're using for your daily needs, for your, for your life on the earth. See, that's mean I'm using the word science so that we can understand it in modern day. 
right? Yes. Now, there is also a science that is falsely so-called that a lot of schools teach, but the Bible says that we don't have that. Let's go to First Timothy 6.20. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so-called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. So, we are going by what? Faith. So when you go but just by the science of the world, then it says which some professing have erred, means gone astray, concerning the faith. And that's why sometimes it's hard to get doctors and scientists to understand the Bible or to even understand God or to even, you know, live as a new creation and walking in faith. Because they don't want to understand the law of faith. Because they go by the five sense based science, which is what we see. And now there is good science. Yes. Right? Right. Man learning how, you know, things operate on the earth, especially like the natural things. Like I teach science to some extent in my school. And, you know, we learn how God created and how the flowers, you know, they pollinate, you know, all of that, how the seeds uh, germinate fertilization, how our human body reproduces. See, all of that is the way God made it. We are studying what God made. Then there's also the false science where we go off into, okay, we came from monkeys or we came from Big Bang or life came because... See, all of the science is falsely so-called. Yes. So we're not going to get into it. So even though we know man has come up with some true science on certain things, yeah, that is there, but our faith is not in that science. No. Our faith is in the law of faith, right, which I'm calling it a science, you know, so we can understand it better. Now, some people don't like the word, don't use it. Use technology. You don't like technology, stay with the law or the workings of the kingdom of God. See, we want to walk by faith and not by sight. What is a walk? It's a daily, the way we conduct ourselves, not in behavior, how are we walking? Are we walking by faith? Means, are we going according to what God has given us? Or are we going according to what the world tells us is the way to live? So God provided the signs that we need. But it's not the signs of the world. It's signs of a higher realm. Right? Right. Now, can you look at anywhere, anything that Jesus did? I'm not talking about, you know, him eating food or sleeping. No, no. Everything that is recorded of him doing that is supernatural, was there anything natural about it? Like say, you get a headache, you go and get a medication for your headache. Isn't that natural? Yes. You are just doing what everybody else is doing, right? Right. Now, I'm not saying if you have a headache, don't take uh, medication. I'm just giving an example, right? Right. See, it's natural. But everything that Jesus did was with the law of faith. Every single thing, raising the dead, healing the sick, he never told anybody, go and take this herb or eat garlic <laughs> or go take this medication. He never said anything like that. Right? That's right. He totally operated according to the law of faith. Everything. If you look at Mark 16, look at what he's telling us to do. And verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, is this for a believer? Yes, absolutely. Or is it only for pastors and some teachers? No, it's for everyone. Everyone, right? And in my name, okay, God gave us a name that's part of the law of faith. They shall cast out devils. Now, is that natural? Right? What happens today if somebody has the devil? They take him to a psychiatrist or mental home. Yeah, and they eventually put them up, lock them up in a mental hospital. So Jesus is saying, we are going to live supernaturally right here, right? According to the science of the kingdom of God. And look at the other one. They shall speak with new tongues. He's not talking about you learning an Indian language or French. No, no. He's talking about tongues that's not of the realm. And you can also speak in other tongues. That, that men can understand even with you not knowing the language, right? See, it's all supernatural or the signs of the kingdom of God, a law of faith. Now look at verse 18, they shall take up serpent. That means if they get bitten by serpent, 
they shall not die or they shall not get hurt. That is not natural. We run to a doctor. Look at the next one. If they, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Either Jesus is giving us bogus hope here or he's telling us the truth. Which one is it? Can Jesus tell a lie? No, of course not. No, he's the truth. He can't tell a lie. So he's telling us the truth. And we saw Paul walking in it. We saw many things happen throughout the ages. But see, this is God is expecting us to be our daily walk. Of course, we are not there yet because our mind is not yet renewed to that degree. But this is the goal. I want to walk in all of this. See, Jesus is giving us the mysteries of the kingdom of God, saying, look, this is what you're going to do. Because if you believe your spirit is recreated and we are all in your spirit, you have all of these things, authority, power, everything in my name. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Is that natural? It is the science of the kingdom of God. Do you know this is for every believer? And this is already existing on the earth. That means every single one of us have all of these things that Jesus is talking about. But how do they manifest? How do we walk in it? When we believe it and we not doubt it, we say, no, this is what God's word says. I am going to lay hands on the sick. And God said they will recover. It's not my job. It's God's job. When I lay hands on the sick, that's my job. And I believe what God says in the name of Jesus it's going to happen. See, that is where God wants us to go to. But what happens if all day long, week after week, month after month, we are not interested in it, right? And we are only thinking of, oh, how can we go make a living? Or how can I live a good, comfortable Christian life with no problems? Okay, that, that I, can, I can spend some time praying on. No, no, no. If you're a Christian, this is for you. But you don't have to believe it. But this is for you. It's for me. And see, that's what we, we are not looking at. It, okay, God is going to do a miracle. No, you already know that when you lay hands on the sick and you believe that in the name of Jesus, that person will be healed. That's all you need. You got to believe that the name of Jesus is greater than that sickness or is greater than the evil spirit that is in that body. That's all you need to believe. And then the signs of the kingdom of God goes into operation. Jesus cannot take back his name and say, no, don't use my name for that, that person. Or don't use your name for my name for headache. Only use it for cancer. No, Jesus can't do that because it's already given to us. Everything that has a name, Jesus name is already above it. That means he already gave it to us. So whether it's a headache or whether it's cancer, you are already given the authority the legal right to have the name of Jesus and to use it. Now, of course, the devil is not going to just when the first time we start using the name of Jesus, the devil is going to go against you, right, and try to mess it up. Of course. And then you're going to draw back and say, oh, yeah, use the name of Jesus. It didn't work. No, no, no. You go back and use it again and again till it works because you got to be you got to be sold out. Yes. You got to be convinced that the name of Jesus is above every other name. Amen. See, once you understand that, you won't give up. You will keep on doing it. Even if you don't see many results right away, you're going to go. So maybe you pray for somebody and they didn't get healed or something didn't happen right away. You pray for the next one and the next one. And then somebody starts saying, oh, no, I, you know, I'm getting healed. Now, you don't stop there. See, your goal in life should be, I'm not just looking for the results. I'm doing what God's word says. And God is going to produce a result. Right. So we are not going to stop doing it just because you didn't see some result because you have a, a devil who's going to come against us. Amen. But greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The name of Jesus is greater. You know, most, not most, almost everybody that started walking in authority in the beginning, they had a lot of issues because they didn't see someone healed right away. But they never gave up because they know this is God's calling because they knew they would rather go to heaven and say, Father, I, I prayed in the name of Jesus, I, you know, but sometimes it didn't happen. See, it's better than that and say like, oh, I didn't believe it's going to work for me, so I never did it. You see the difference? Yes. See, the science of the kingdom of God or the technology or the law of the kingdom of God is already made available to us. 
Yes. In the Old Testament, it wasn't made available to them. It only came upon them for a short time period of time. And then it would, you know, the Lord would take it back. But in the New Testament, we have it all the time. God's not going to take it back. Yes. So through Jesus, we are given this power that abides in us. Authority that abides is not something that comes and goes. Like in the Old Testament, the Old Testament, God gave them some authority, even to the disciples when Jesus was alive. It was delegated authority. That means they were given for a short time and they used it. But for us, the authority that we have is given to us. It's never going to be taken away. But we need to learn how to use it. And that is by faith. We are believing. We step out. We act on it. Right? Right. You see something is not right. You speak to it, body or the weather or whatever it is. And you say, no, in the name of Jesus, be healed. See, it's not something that it's, it's like suddenly, you know, okay, I'm in full faith. No, faith operates as you step out and you start doing it. That's right. We have the faith of Jesus Christ. All of us have it. In the Old Testament, they did not have it. So every one of them that you just saw is for a believer. And every single one of them operates according to the law of the kingdom of God. And it's given to us. It's always bright when listening to Nightlight. Nightlight. You're listening to Nightlight. Let's go to Luke 8. Now I know, you know, all these miracles, we are very familiar with it because we know it from the Bible. But guys, look at it. Ask the Lord to help you look at it from the angle of that this is already given to us. All we have to do is learn to put the law into operation. Luke 8, and let's go to... And verse 22. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And they came down a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he saith unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and water, and they obey him. Now, when this happened, do you know that the sleep that Jesus was having was straight from his father? It was a supernatural sleep. He was sleeping in the middle of a storm. How many of us can sleep like that? Right. Is it given to us or not? Yes, it is. How do we know that? Because he promised it. Now look at Psalms 127 too. It is vain for you to rise up early or sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Uh huh. Now, it's vain means you sitting... And not being able to sleep, you wake up early, you're full of care, worry, anxiety, and then you stay up late, you can't sleep. That's because you're eating the bread of sorrows or concerns. That can rob you of your sleep. He giveth his beloved sleep. Now, are you a beloved? Are all the promises in the Old Testament also for us, given to us? Yes, of course. Yeah. All the way from Abraham, we have the promise of Abraham, every promise. In the Bible, it's ours. The Bible says in the New Testament, we are accepted in the beloved. That is Jesus Christ. So God accepted us as beloved sons and daughters. Right. It is already given. That law will operate when you believe. I mean, no child of God should be tossing to and fro every night without sleep. But people go and say, oh, it's natural. You know, I ate too much food or I drank a coffee too late. They look up Google and Google will give you a whole list of reasons why you are not sleeping. And we believe that instead of going and saying, wait a minute, if Jesus could sleep in the boat when there was everything going crazy, then I can have a good night's sleep because I am a child. That's right. I am a beloved son and God has already given me sleep. You don't have to beg and ask God, God put me to sleep tonight. No, he already made it clear. It's yours. Every promise in him. He's an S and an Amen. Praise God. That means he already gave it. 
But yet, how many Christians can't go to sleep? Yeah, that's because they're walking by sight. They're going by the natural reasoning. The Google, the world, the science of the world. Oh, if you eat that, you're not going to sleep. If you, It's so crazy, right? Yes. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, if you can't sleep in the middle of the night, you need to feel condemned. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying how to walk in that science. God gave it to us. See, it's a science. It's not, it's not such a sleeping pills. That's the science of the world, to numb your brains to where you go to sleep. Or you drink too much alcohol and it'll knock you out till the next day. See, that is the science of the world. Our science has nothing to do with that. The kingdom of God operates on a different level, by different laws. And 2,000 years ago, through Jesus Christ, Jesus came and showed us by doing it, telling us how to live in that law, under the law of faith. He said, look, this is all that I'm doing, you can do. But if our mind is totally connected to the world by, oh yeah, I can't sleep because my, my grandmother had sleeping problems. My mother had sleeping problems. My dad has sleeping problems. So I'm automatically, see, what are you going to? You're going down to a generation where none of them actually believed God could give them sleep. That's right. And so they depended on normal, natural things to put them to sleep. Guys, we are not that. We are given all of this through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, when someone tells me, oh, I got to take double sleeping pills because I can't sleep in my heart, I'm like, no. The sleep that my father gives me is a million times better than the sleeping pill. Amen. See, I have to reject it right there as soon as I hear it. Now, I don't speak it out because, you know, I don't want that person to feel bad. But if I have a chance, I have a time, I would explain to them, Look, you know, this is how God gives me sleep. See, it's right here in the verse. But if they, if they still want to go back to the pills, that's fine. You know, it's not your problem. I don't want them to feel bad that they have to take sleeping pills. There's no condemnation. Don't feel guilty or condemned. But start meditating on God's word on this topic and go into the signs that is from the kingdom of God. See, this I'm talking to is the signs. In the healing side or the medical side of sleep. Now you might say that, oh no, that was Jesus. Yeah, he was the son of God. Who are you? Huh? Are you a son? Or are you a little less than that? No, we're God's children. Let's go to Acts 12. Now Peter was in prison, right? They caught and put him in prison. That was Herod. They already killed James. Uh, look at verse 2. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. So now Peter is thinking, now, what kind of fear should Peter be having? He's in prison, right? Same thing that happened to James. Now look at verse 6. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. You see that? Peter... As far as he knows, he could be executed the next day. The same night Peter was sleeping, how? Between two soldiers, see, that's how they thought that how bad, bad guy Peter was, right? right? They wouldn't let him sleep in chains. He had two soldiers, both, and bound with two chains. And he had keepers before the, the doors. And behold, verse 7, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shone in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side. Peter is fast asleep like Jesus. The angel had to kick him <laughs> and raise him up saying, rise up quickly. And his chain fell off his hand. Guys, it's the same sleep that Jesus had when he was in the boat. Wow. So if Peter and Jesus can have it, can you have it? Absolutely. Yeah, right? Right. Because we are the same. Amen. See, yet we let small little fears and worries and anxieties and things didn't work out. We start meditating on That's what we read Right? In Psalms, we are eating the bread of sorrows, thinking over it, over it, over it, till you can't sleep. See, this is not time we are begging God to give it to us. This is something is already given to us. All we do is appropriate it or walk in it or just thank the Father for it and get your mind renewed to it. And then you'll sleep like Peter and Jesus. Bringing you peace in the midst of the storm. You're listening to Nightlight. Okay, let's go to... First Kings 17, this is Elijah coming to the woman, the widow, with a, with a son, right? There was a big famine. They only had a little bit of 
flour and oil to bake a bread and for them to eat and die. Right. And then Elijah comes and says, bake me a bread. And she says the truth that I don't have it. We were thinking of eating and dying with it. You know, after that, you know, she said, no, I will do this. Right. And she went and brought the food to Elisha. Right. And look at verse 14. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. What kind of technology is that? Yeah, it is It is the science of the kingdom of God, right? Yes, it is. See, all she had to do is believe in what Elijah said. All she had was the faith. Even though she knew that she was just at the verge of dying with her son, she knew what Elijah said, okay, I'm going to do it. And she did it, and she had food for the whole time that there was a famine, till she was able to go back to her normal way of, of living. Now look at the same technology Jesus used. Look at John chapter 2, and look at verse 1. Read from 1. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were there set six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. See, Jesus is just following the signs of the kingdom of God. And things are happening. Water is turned into wine. You know, we, we know the story. We sing songs on it and all of that. But when you start looking at it, Jesus is operating according to the science and technology of the kingdom of God. Elijah did the same. The food never ran out. Now, in the same case, there was no lack of wine. They drank as much as they wanted and the wine would still be there. We know that again when Jesus multiplied the food. We read that in the Old Testament too. And then Jesus did it. So what is God trying to show us through all these examples? Not just, oh, Jesus, the son of God, so he can do whatever. No, no, no. Jesus said, greater works than this shall you do as a believer. So what Jesus is doing is trying to get us to walk in that technology, in that science or in that law of faith. That's right. Or the operation of the kingdom of God on earth. But the beauty of it for 2000 years, this is being here. Christians had it, but the devil through the church and everything kind of blinded the minds of them. So nobody walked in it. Sure, some people did walk in it, but most Christians didn't. But it's God's will for all of us to be able to walk in it as much as we would want to. See, this is the law. Did you know that electricity existed from the time God created the earth? Right. Even radio waves and everything. Yeah. Same thing with the law of flight, law of lift. All of that existed. But man did not know how to use it. Now man has learned it. Now we have this for 2,000 years since Jesus rose from the dead. It's ours. But Christians would rather go for their worldly signs and brag about it and put all their trust in it instead of going to the science of the kingdom of God and saying, this is given to me 2,000 years ago. It was available to Christians. Now I can see it in the word of God. I know now it is given to me and not just to a few people. It's given to me. So I want to walk in this. Father, help me to walk in it. Help me to spend my time during the day studying these things. It's not going to be automatic. Your carnal mind is not going to like this. Your carnal mind is going to go against it. The only hope we have is to get our mind renewed to the truth. So now the carnal mind dims or goes less and less 
and your spiritual mind now starts to operate. See, when the Bible says to be carnally minded is death means that's all you're getting. Right. But to be spiritually minded, everything I'm teaching you right now is how you can be spiritually minded. It's life and peace. I mean, we went through everything possible. Acts floating. Everything. Food being multiplied. Storm being stopped. Sleeping when there's all kind of crazy things going on. Drinking any deadly thing, you shall not be hurt. Right. See, all of these are given to us as God's children. This is called the kingdom of God. Yes. And Jesus said, it's God's pleasure, his good pleasure, my father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. People think kingdom means, oh, okay, I have some joy and I have some peace. No, no, no. Yes, all of that and all the operation of the kingdom of God, exactly as Jesus walked. That is called walking by faith, or the just shall live by faith, is according to how Jesus walked. Aren't we being conformed to the image of his son Jesus Christ? Right? As you get your mind renewed, isn't your spirit already conformed to the image of Christ? Yes. And so in a soulish realm, what helps us to be conformed is the word. Be renewed. How? Be transformed by the renewing of a mind that you may prove that which is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Everything I'm teaching you right now in the last two classes is the perfect will of God, the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. There's nothing I just taught you that's not God's will. Is it God's will for you to have a good night's sleep? Yes. Didn't God say, my God shall supply all your needs? Yes. Didn't uh, God supply the needs for the widow when she believed Elijah's words? Yes. Didn't Jesus do that? Yeah, all of that is. See, right now our mind is... A lot of a subconscious mind is still thinking like the world. That's right. Now, I showed you this verse a long time ago, but I want to show it to you guys again. Let's go to Jeremiah 17, which verse 5. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. So when you look at the word curse, you can get into fear and think, Oh, God is going to curse me. No, you can't be cursed because Jesus was cursed on your behalf. That's right. But here we are talking about spiritually minded and carnally minded. So what happens is when we trust in man or the things of man or the signs of man or whatever and maketh flesh, that means whatever is in the natural, a carnal mind, a carnal actions, a carnal thing, which is all the flesh, his arm, his arm means the one that's going to save him. And whose heart departs from the Lord. So what happens is a heart departed from the Lord in that area. It's not that you don't love God, you don't love Jesus, all of that. But in our heart we are like, no, I would rather go by what is natural. See, then when you do that, what he's saying is that you're not going to walk in the blessing that God has already provided for us. Right? I'm looking at this verse from the new creation point of view. So yes. don't let the devil tell you you're cursed if you do something like that or if you go to a doctor or if you take medication or something, you're cursed. No, no. What, what the clear thing is when we go and depend on God for our sleep, in this, like an example, then we're going to get life and peace. But when we go to the natural or the arm of the flesh to be a source of whatever we want, then you got to go according to what all the natural people experience, right? It's not that you're cursed because Jesus already took the curse, Yes. right? God can't curse you because he already cursed you. But now in your carnal mind, you can start walking in some carnal thing. And then, of course, the world is corrupt. So a lot of the corruption start coming into your mind to where you can't sleep. Yes. Again, this class is not on sleep, but, you know, I brought it up because it's something we all experience. Look at verse 7. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and his hope is the Lord, right? See, so that's the difference between the two men. One trusting in his own arm or the natural, whereas the other one is trusting in God, right? In the Lord. Right. For the man who trusts in the Lord, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters. That's exactly in Psalms chapter 1 verse 3, I guess, right? Says the same thing. For he shall be as a tree. Planted by the waters, and that spreadeth of the, her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought. That means even though everything is, there's a big famine, 
and thinks there's no food, all that are happening, that person don't have to be worried. Careful means worried. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. He's saying God is going to take care of them no matter how the financial system of the world is going to collapse. He's saying they that put their trust in the Lord, how do you trust? Oh God, I trust you? No. The way you trust is that you know Okay, God said, I'm going to give you, I, I only gave you sleep in the New Testament, right? Right. Yeah. Under the new creation, he's already given to us. We know it. So now we are going by that and not going by the natural. So even though in the natural, the, the circumstance is bad, that is not putting you to sleep. That's what it says here. Even though there's a drought in the land or famine, there's no water, there's no food. It says, God, you will start yielding. You're going to have food. How God does it, I don't care. As long as I believe he's going to do it. Because all of this here is the science of how God's kingdom operates. And as new creation, it's already given to us. But Jesus said, seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Ask and you shall receive. It's not automatic. It's not asking God begging for sleep. No, you're seeking. Father, how does this work for me? See, that's how I got this class. I have to ask, okay, how, what do you mean by the science of the kingdom of God? How does it operate? And the Lord showed it to me deep inside my heart, in my spirit. I knew it. And it came out into my soul. I knew it. It's not just begging God, asking God to give me something. It's about walking in what he has already given us, which works automatically because it's a science. That is how the system is set up in, in the spiritual realm. You access it by faith, by the law of faith. And the Lord Jesus Christ showed us how to do it. The disciples did it. And then Jesus, you know, before the disciples, Jesus died so that this can become a reality in us. Now, how does the name of Jesus work? I don't really know, but I do know it works. So it's like something that I can use in the name of Jesus. See, that's the science of the kingdom of God. It works with that name. So isn't our Father wonderful, awesome? He knew whatever we're going to face on this earth and he made the provision through grace, through Jesus, gave it to us. And then he gave us the word, the Holy Spirit, to teach us how to walk in it.